0: what's going on family and welcome to another edition of the faction it's your man gerard bonner and i hope you guys are doing well i hope that you've already had a great day or that your day is off to a fantastic start and of course you're ready to talk pro wrestling that's why we're here that's what we do and i hope that you're definitely there shout out to all of you who join us on the socials instagram facebook and twitter at the faction show your support man it means the entire world special shouts to all of you who are following us and who are subscribed to our podcast wherever it is that you're checking us out thank you for doing that and if you're brand new to the podcast welcome aboard we definitely hope you're finding something here that you'll enjoy And my hope is that the conversation that we have here will be one that will be exciting to you, that will cause you to want to continue to stay with us and to share what we're doing with your friends and followers. Okay, so it was a busy weekend in the world of pro wrestling, and we're going to get to all of that right now. So, first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know you probably weren't prepared to talk about that, but we're going to need to talk more about New Japan Pro Wrestling as we Approach the next pay-per-view from aew called forbidden door which is a joint pay-per-view from aew and new japan so over the weekend specifically on friday new japan held the finals to the best of the super junior 29 tournament so if you're unfamiliar with this tournament one of the things that new japan does incredibly well is is they hold tournaments. There are usually about three tournaments throughout the year. There is the Best of the Super Junior tournament, which deals with junior heavyweights or cruiserweights exclusively. Then there is the G1 Climax tournament, which is reserved for their heavyweight division. And finally, there is the World Tag League, which is their tag team tournament. These tournaments usually run about six weeks or so, Involving somewhere around 20 competitors, A block, B block. The A block competes against each other. The B block competes against each other. The winners of the A block and B block end up battling each other at the tournament final. And then the winner gets a title shot. In the case of Best of the Super Juniors, you get a shot at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship for the World Tag League. You get a shot at the Tag Team Championships if the champions didn't win. And that shot usually happens at Wrestle Kingdom. And speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, the main event of Wrestle Kingdom is reserved for the winner of the G1 Climax Tournament. So that's a quick synopsis of how tournaments run in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They all have purpose, they all have meaning, and they all produce some amazing matches, all of which you can watch at njpwworld.com which is the international streaming service for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now with all of that said, that takes us to the finals of the Best of the Super Junior 29 tournament. So the A block was won by Hiromu Takahashi. The B block was won by L Desperado. Those two would battle in the main event, of course, to win the best of the Super Juniors. Now, Takahashi, here's what you have to know about him. He has won three previous tournaments including the last two years that is the best of super juniors 27 and 28 which took place in 2020 and 2021 so he was set to make history if he won again because no one had won this tournament four times and no one has won it three years consecutively the person who could potentially stop that is el desperado a previous winner of the best of the super juniors and a former IWGP junior heavyweight champion these two battled had an incredible match and the winner Hiromu Takahashi he makes history winning his third consecutive best of the super junior tournament and then turns around and wins for the fourth time again all sorts of history being made So Hiromu Takahashi will be getting his shot at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. That takes place at New Japan Road on June the 21st, where he will take on the champion Taiji Ishimori. That's going to be an incredible match that you won't want to miss, and you can check it out again at njpwworld.com. That leads us, of course, to the big Dominion event, which takes place this weekend. It'll be on June the 12th, which is next Sunday. And I'll give you all the information about that in a future episode. So that's coming. We'll be talking about it this week. So rest assured of that. But right now, I want to turn the focus back to, again, what happened this weekend the Best of the Super Junior Final in New Japan. And then we move to the WWE where they put on two events. There was NXTs in your house And then WWE's hell in a cell so this is significant for a couple of reasons of course as NXT has moved to the NXT 2.0 platform a few things have changed one of them being NXT takeover NXT takeover was such a huge staple for NXT and it would often be held the night before a major WWE pay-per-view so This is the first time really since we've had takeovers go away outside of WrestleMania that we've had an NXT premium live event take place right before a WWE pay-per-view or premium live event. With that said, NXT brings back in your house with five title matches and some intriguing action in the process. So, let's take a look at the results for NXT In Your House, which emanated live from Orlando, Florida, at the NXT arena. It kicks off with a six-man tag as Tony D'Angelo, Channing, Stax, Lorenzo, and Troy, Two Dimes, Donovan, defeat Legato Del Fantasma. As a result, Legato Del Fantasma now ends up working as part of Tony D'Angelo's crew. From there, the women's tag team champions, Toxic Attraction, defeated Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Carmelo Hayes defeated Cameron Grimes to become the new... NXT North American Champion. Mandy Rose defeated Wendy Chu to retain the NXT Women's Championship. The Creed Brothers defeated Pretty Deadly to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. And in the main event, Braun Breaker retains the NXT Championship by defeating Joe Gacy. So first things first, I think And I hope that with us now being nine months removed from the end of NXT Black and Gold and the inception of NXT 2.0, that we are in a space where we're able to at least receive what NXT is currently doing. No, it is not NXT black and gold. And if you'll remember, probably the first three to six months of NXT 2.0 was its attempt to establish new stars while weeding out the black and gold. And so most of the folks from black and gold have either left the company or have migrated to WWE, being Raw or SmackDown. So there are little to no remnants of the black and gold remaining in 2.0. Here's why that's good, because now we can finally see what NXC 2.0 really can do on its own. I thought, by and large, this was a pretty solid card with some really strong matches. The six-man tag match to kick things off was a great match. I mean, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Here's the only issue for me. The issue for me lies here. How much more can they do with this story? right? Personally, I think Legato Del Fantasma and Tony D'Angelo and his crew are folks who just probably should fight until the end of time, right? They have great chemistry. They work well as rivals. I don't really see them working together as a team. And honestly, I feel like Legato Del Fantasma working for this crew is going to be short-lived. Obviously, there's going to be a way where they can somehow break out of it. And when they do, we'll be back to a war again, With that said, Santos Escobar just has it. He's a former champion over in Lucha Underground who historically has done so many amazing things. And I honestly think it's about time to start considering him in the NXT title picture. He deserves to wear championship gold. He is just that good. I like Legado Del Fantasma as a unit. And I don't think we've seen the last of them as a standalone unit. It's going to be interesting to see where this particular story goes. Toxic Attraction defeating Katana, Chance, and Caden Carter. Let me say this. This was the first opportunity for Chance and Carter to be on a premium live event slash pay-per-view. I thought they are a great tag team. They've worked really, really hard to do some pretty outstanding things in terms of developing their chemistry. They really are best friends on and off the camera, and so it made for a great match. With that said, I think the size of Chance and Carter puts them in a position where they're not going to be able to be tag champions anytime soon. Toxic Attraction, they just have it, and the challenge that NXT has is an equal challenge that WWE has relative to its women's tag team division. You need tag teams. You need actual people. And so I don't know who will be the next challengers for Toxic Attraction. Doesn't seem like there are any teams really left in NXT. Here's one thing that holds true about Toxic Attraction. There may not be too many additional opponents for them, but they are building something that is significant. I like the three of them together and uh who's more dominant than them right now i don't know who's gonna beat them no idea they're definitely dominant champions and we'll continue to see what happens with them however i don't think it's the last of katana chance and kaden carter i think they're a great tag team and i think they have the opportunity to perhaps be the ones that can dethrone toxic attraction at some point so we'll see what that looks like Easily the match of the night, Carmelo Hayes, Cameron Grimes. These guys get it, and the NXT North American Championship is better because they are here. Carmelo Hayes is a star. He was a star coming into NXT 2.0. He is absolutely a star right now. And honestly, as a North American champion, he's great. I think it's about time for him to be considered in the NXT title picture. Yes, I'm saying that. I've already mentioned two guys who could potentially hold the NXT championship. One being Santos Escobar. The other being Carmelo Hayes. If you've not had a chance to watch this match, go back and watch it. It's a barn burner. It is amazing. Shout out to Carmelo Hayes. Mandy Rose retains the NXT Women's Championship against Wendy Chu. Wendy Chu is actually very good. I just don't like this gimmick on her. I do not like this sleepy whatever, and I think it's gone about as far as it can go. Getting a shot at the Women's Championship is a great opportunity, but again, That's as far... She's not going to win the women's title like this. She's going to need to be a bit more serious. You can't send Wendy Chu out to represent NXT. And that's no knock to her. It's just the character doesn't work. I think you package her differently. We've got a different story. But either way, I'm loving the rise of Mandy Rose. And it's very clear that this run in NXT for her is absolutely necessary. I don't know if and when she'll head back to Raw or SmackDown. But honestly... She's doing better here. Let her spend some more time here and continue to be dominant over 220 days as your NXT Women's Champion. Creed Brothers versus Pretty Deadly. I think this was another great match on the card. The Creed Brothers, their story has been building really since they debuted on NXT. It looked as though they were going to be champions at some point. It didn't happen a couple of months ago, but it happened, I think, in a great match against Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly really did some great things over in NXT UK. And so I think them getting the opportunity that they've had here has been fantastic. With that said, a great match and I think a great rivalry between these two. Do not send Pretty Deadly to Raw or SmackDown yet. Let them continue this rivalry with the Creed Brothers. I think we've got something special here. What's the future of Diamond Mine? I don't know. I personally think that the Creed brothers don't need Diamond Mine, and maybe that breakup will be coming sooner rather than later, as perhaps Roderick Strong, who I guess is the last remnant of the black and gold, he'll likely not want to have the tag champions in his crew without being a tag champion himself. Just my thoughts. Last but not least, the NXT Championship. Braun Breaker, Joe Gacy. So, A, congratulations to Braun Breaker for retaining the championship. B, I think Joe Gacy is getting darker and darker and it's actually good. And I think it would have been intriguing to see what Joe Gacy would be like as the NXT champion. What does NXT look like with him as champion? I was actually intrigued to find out. I don't know where Joe Gacy goes from here. I don't know if they're going to move him to Raw or SmackDown at this particular point. Uh, But his character is one that I think is very creepy. And I'll say this, WWE, for the most part, does creepy well. Now, creepy doesn't win championships, but creepy is done well by WWE. Don't know what that means, but that's that. That's a look at NXT in your house. When we come back, we're going to have the conversation about Hell in a Cell. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas, Peyton, here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris. Put him through, windshield. The windshield. And through the windshield, and it's over! Ring the bell! He put it through the windshield! And hold your forks because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest-growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. What are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen? To the idea? And we're going to pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights Lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever going to happen here for it a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special mm-hmm. to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. Mm-hmm. And there's you that there will always be the S-H-W. I'm telling you, hold your voice. I got a lot left in the time. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction. All right, guys, Hell in a Cell took place Sunday night at the Allstate Arena in Chicago. First and foremost, big shout out to our good brother, the one and only Brandon Clack, who he, along with the good nephew Noah, were ringside, front row for Hell in a Cell, which is absolutely amazing. I believe it's his first time at a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view or a Hell in a Cell match. So that's really exciting to see. Interestingly enough about this pay per view, two things are immediate takeaways. Takeaway number one, there were no matches in the pre show. There's usually a match in the pre show, but there wasn't this time. That's first. Secondly, there was only one Hell in a Cell match on this card. It's kind of weird. And with that said, it wasn't for a championship. Even more weird. In fact, there were only two title matches on this card none of them were the tag champions none of them were the world champion i guess the bloodline needs a break don't know interesting with that said let's run over the results again there are going to be spoilers so if you don't want to hear them press pause if it doesn't matter continue with the podcast all right The night kicked off with a triple threat match that saw Bianca Belair successfully defend her Raw Women's Championship against Asuka and Becky Lynch. Bobby Lashley defeats Omos and MVP in a two-on-one handicap match. Kevin Owens defeats Ezekiel, not Elias. The Judgment Day defeats Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan in a mixed match trios match though wwe doesn't call it a trios match madcap moss defeats happy corbin in a no holds barred match Theory retains the united states championship against mustafa ali and cody rhodes defeats seth freaking rollins inside of hell in a cell so let's just run through the highlights first of all bianca belair What a run she's having as women's champion. I would dare say that this is one of her best matches of all time. I think the WrestleMania match with her and Becky Lynch was very high. I loved the WrestleMania match last year with her and Sasha. This match right here, when they're doing the highlight reel of Bianca Belair's career, this match has to be there. She hung with two veterans, and she held her own Just brilliant. And for the first time in her career, I heard commentators refer to her in the category of EST as the smartest. And unfortunately, we don't hear too many black women in wrestling called the smartest. So I'm very happy that that happened on Helena Cell's pay-per-view. What a great match and a great run this is shaping up to be for Bianca Belair bobby lashley gets a big win over omas and mvp two very interesting things here number one is Cedric Alexander trying to side with Bobby Lashley, or is he just trying to find some relevance in WWE? Either way, I'm actually happy about this. Cedric Alexander belongs on our televisions, and I'm glad that at least somebody is acknowledging him. The other interesting piece is Bobby Lashley started motioning after the match that he's interested in being WWE champion, which means we potentially could have a collision down the line between Bobby Lashley and the head of the table, Roman Reigns, I'm excited about this match. I think Bobby Lashley has made a great WWE champion and could, again, could he be the guy to end Roman Reigns' historic run? I'd be for this. I'd be absolutely for this. Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. Uh, I'll just say this. There are some people who are turned off by this Ezekiel-Elias thing. I'm interested to see where it's going to go. I think we're all going to play along. If you get somebody to come in and be Elias... That's going to be interesting. Or if somehow you can prove that Ezekiel is not Elias, it gets even more interesting. But let's get Kevin Owens out of this and get him wearing a championship sometime soon. Arguably the match of the night, and I say arguably because it's the match of the night contender, Judgment Day versus Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan. I love everything about this. The Judgment Day is quickly becoming one of my favorite factions in all of pro wrestling from their entrance to everybody involved. Everything about it is just great. It is exactly how you should use someone the caliber of Edge who doesn't need to be seen weekly in a match but when you use him it counts. It elevates everybody involved from Damian Priest to of course Rhea Ripley I think they're making way for a fourth member, and whoever that is – Man, they should kill, they should crush, they should be amazing. I personally think Tommaso Ciampa should be in there. I think he needs this lift in the world of Raw and SmackDown. He should not be used as enhancement talent. He's been the face of NXT for years now. Treat that man with respect. I love the pairing of Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan. We need more of that. Liv needs it. She was on fire last night. I loved it. With that said, Madcap Moss defeating Happy Corbin. I like Madcap now getting rid of the suspenders, getting rid of the jokes, and being the great athlete that he's always been. This was a great, great opportunity for him. I do think WWE needs to figure out from a continuity perspective, is he Madcap or is he Madcap Moss? Sounds like it's semantics to some, but WWE is very good for changing your name and there are countless examples of it. Is he staying madcap boss or is he just going to be madcap? Let's settle on a decision and go with that. Theory and Mustafa Ali, I thought that was a really solid match. I'm not sold on this story. I'll just tell you that now. I'm not sure why it's not clicking for me, but the story just isn't working. But shout out to Theory for his great work retaining the U.S. title. Before I get into the final match of Cody Rhodes and Seth Freakin' Rollins, I absolutely have to shout out the city of Chicago, who really made this pay-per-view even better. If you're ever wondering how important fans are, these fans were rowdy from the word, Go. They didn't try to hijack the show, but they were fully invested in the show. And you could tell the performers as a result built off of that. We saw the best we've seen with Liv Morgan at that pay per view on Sunday simply because the crowd was fully in it. So, shout out to Chicago. It's probably why AEW seems to do a ton of shows there. And so I'm intrigued are you in a city that is like a full-on wrestling city during the pay-per-view Sunday night we were labeling which cities we think are kind of those great go-to wrestling cities I'd love to know your thoughts on those so hit us up and let us know if you're in one of those cities that pro wrestling is really really fire in now let's get to Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins So it was rumored that Cody Rhodes had an injury. We did not know the extent of it. It was revealed that he had a torn pectoral muscle. The pectoral was literally torn off of the bone. You gotta understand that when this kind of thing happens, one doesn't wrestle. It happened to Triple H, he did not wrestle. It's happened to several others. They did not wrestle. Cody chose to wrestle. Not only did he choose to wrestle, he wrestled in hell in a cell. You've got to imagine that some of the things that might have been planned for that match were given an audible based on his condition. But what an amazing match. And what a gruesome sight when he took off his robe and you saw the scars and you saw the, the, the bruising and the contusions. Oh, my Lord. It was a miracle he could even move. And he won the match. What an amazing match, what an amazing man. Cody Rhodes just literally gave us a performance, the likes of which we've not seen from anyone in pro wrestling. I think his stock absolutely rises from this. How can you not love Cody Rhodes after literally what he sacrificed for us at Hell in a Cell Sunday night? With that said, what's his future? I don't know. I've got to imagine that he's not going to be wrestling for a little bit. I'm also imagining that they're probably going to keep him on television as long as they can because he is that guy. This gets interesting because, in my opinion, I feel like he is the leading candidate to win the Money in the Bank ladder match next month. He's been the face of all the promos they've been doing for it. If Cody Rhodes can't participate in Money in the Bank, who becomes the leading candidate to win? I don't know. I'd love to get your thoughts on that who do you think is gonna win money in the bank next month and will they have that stipulation that the winner goes on to wrestlemania to main event or will they just have the briefcase that they can cash in at any point in time want to get your thoughts on that on the socials as well with that said i hope you've enjoyed this special recap of NXT in your house and wwe hell in a cell again a very full week of wrestling ahead of us intrigued to see what's going to happen on dynamite this week and rampage we also have new japan's dominion happening this weekend along with shw 40 and battle slam it's going to be a very full weekend of pro wrestling and of course we're going to be bringing it To you here on The Faction Until next time Representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack And the fourth horseman The EP John Murray I am Gerard Bonner And this is The Faction